designed in California. Oh. <laughs> Apple versus Epic. It's a battle for the ages. Or at least this age, when we all have mobile devices running specialized operating systems that can run apps that read data from internet connected servers on the other side of the world. Imagine explaining that to someone from the olden times. You see, Demetrius, you can't just go buy an abacus from the abacus store, use it to calculate how much grain you'll have for the winter, and forget about it, because the abacus is itself a store. And 30% from each bead that you buy goes to the guy that made the abacus, and that's only for the beads that guy allows you to buy. And also, uh, some of those beads are themselves tiny abacuses that are also stores. Okay, fine, that was a really dumb analogy, but it does show how hard it is to illustrate the relationship between markets, stores, and products, especially as those things become less physical and more virtual entities that we access through the unlimited internet portals we're all carrying in our pockets. But are they really unlimited? According to Fortnite developer Epic Games, they're not. Thanks to Apple and Google's restrictive app store policies, 30% standard revenue cut, and alleged dirty attempts to stifle competition. That's why Epic sued both of them in August 2020 and spent months preparing for a convoluted and hilarious trial with Apple that ultimately ended with a near total loss for Epic, causing CEO Tim Sweeney to climb a mountain and think about his life choices. But this story is far from over, partly because everyone Yes, even Apple, who won, is appealing the ruling because the Google trial hasn't even begun yet, and also because this fight isn't just about cheaper Ariana Grande skins in Fortnite. It's about questions like, who controls our devices? Should phones just be tiny PCs? Is a naked banana man not safe for work? And it's all part of a larger battle going on all over the world. The battle for Apple's soul. <laughs> it's a clash of the titans. Epic Games and Apple went to federal court today. Epic alleges that the App Store is a monopoly. At the heart of this is control. How much agency do developers have? They don't want to pay 30%. Apple could win. And the decision could change the entire app world. Extremely competitive behavior that is very successful winds up looking a lot like anti-competitive behavior. I don't know. If you want to think like really, really wild worst case scenarios, it's that Apple decides that it doesn't want to allow third party apps anymore. To truly comprehend this story, we first have to understand not only what an iPhone is, but what Apple thinks it is. Because let me tell you, Epic thinks it's something completely different, okay? They're, they're just on completely different wavelengths here. So, this is an iPhone. It's a beautiful, artisanal even, handheld computing device made by friendly hipster savants at Apple. It runs apps, which you can download exclusively from Apple's iOS App Store, where Apple takes a sizable cut of all in-app purchases of digital goods. While there are ways to jailbreak an iPhone so you can get apps directly from the web or other app stores, if you do that, Apple will void your warranty. Because you see, only Apple is capable of determining what software is safe or appropriate to install on their, I mean, your iPhone. Compare that to any other smartphone, which could be made by any one of the dozens of companies that spit these out on a semi-annual basis. 
slapping the Android operating system on them as they're pushed out the door. Google would prefer you get your apps from their own Play Store, where they also take a cut, but they don't view getting apps from Samsung's Galaxy Store or Amazon's Android App Store or even directly from the web as an excommunicable sin. Google has made escalating attempts to collect licensing fees from Android device makers, but at its core, Android is still open source. That's why you can find it in smart TV boxes, cameras, cars, watches, refrigerators, and it's relatively easy for tinkerers to tinkle with any one of them and figure out a way to run Doom. Do we use this for that? But in their tinkle friendliness, both iOS and Android pale in comparison to truly generalized open ecosystem computing platforms like Linux, Windows, and yes, even Mac OS. Many enthusiasts want nothing more than for mobile computers to behave just like desktop ones. None more so than Apple and Google's public enemy number one, Hey, Sweeney. Tinkerer extraordinaire. Whether it's taking apart a lawnmower as a five-year-old unsupervised, or attempting to take apart entire markets, the man clearly needs to get his fingies in there, figure out how something works, and then build it better, and optimally in a way that nets him some extra cheddar. Or at least that's the cynical view here. Like obviously Epic's lawsuits are at least partially motivated by the search for more money, but I think it's clear Tim isn't just trying to Jeff Bezos his way to space. Because if he were, why would he lead Epic Games on this long and perilous journey taking on the world's largest tech companies with one of the most bonkers legal strategies ever seen? You wanna make some money, all you gotta do is buy some NFTs and wait. In 10 years, you'll be swimming in offers for the, the thing you, the, what, whatever the fuck that is. Hence, because of who Tim Sweeney is, I think it's clear that there's also an ideological factor here. A belief that the iPhone, as Apple conceives of it, should not even exist. We have to dig deeper. It's time to go back to how this all started. It's time to go back to the original TechLink set. They're kicking us out of here. Come on, I couldn't have five more minutes. You've had six months. Ah, that's tech longer, baby. Yeah. Out. All right. In the summer of 2020, Epic Games set out to trap itself some tech giants. You may be familiar with the story by now. Epic added an option in the mobile versions of Fortnite to buy in-game currency, V-Bucks, directly from Epic at a discount, bypassing the 30% cut in Apple and Google's payment systems. The message to consumers? Look, that swoop-de-woop dance emote could be cheaper if Apple and Google kept their grubby paws to themselves. Apple and Google promptly booted Fortnite from their app stores for breaking the terms of service, triggering Epic's epic trap. Observe now, a dramatic reenactment. Aha! <laughs> they fell victim to one of the classic blunders and it really, it hurt them really bad. Look, ooh, he's, he, that's not gonna heal up right away. <laughs> These lawsuits would be dissected and argued about for months to come, but this is Epic's case in a nutshell. Here is the market for mobile devices, okay? Neither Apple nor Google have a monopoly here. They compete with each other, that's fine, okay? But Epic argues that iPhones and Android phones aren't just products, they're also sub-markets where developers compete to offer apps. That's what those little squares are. I, I, can't, I can't draw. Down here, 
Apple and Google do have effective monopolies in their respective mobile app submarkets, and they enforce this duopoly through anti-competitive action. On iOS, this means the blocking of sideloading and third-party app stores and payment processors. On Android, using third-party app stores and sideloading are allowed, but it often involves an onerous process full of scary warnings. Ooh. On top of that, Google has been accused of making shady deals to obstruct anyone trying to take a shot at the big boss. Now, Epic wants these barriers to competition removed so they can launch a proper mobile version of the Epic Game Store, which would presumably take the same 12% cut that it does on PC. If that route fails, then they could settle for the right to use a third-party payment processor in iOS or Play Store apps, something that's actually already allowed if your app sells physical goods or services like Amazon or Uber. Either of these options, having your own app store or payment processor, would have let Epic and other developers avoid paying the 30% cut. Or so Epic thought! Legally, Apple may still have the right to a commission on in-app purchases as a way to benefit from their intellectual property if the judge rules that way. <laughs> so, remember, Epic views an iPhone as basically a little PC. It's hardware that happens to run Apple's mobile OS, a thought that makes about as much sense to Apple as a drowning fish. Because to Apple, iPhone is a singular entity created when a meticulously crafted body is imbued with the breath of life that is iOS. Oh, it's iOS. Ah! What Epic criticizes as restrictions are in actuality features of the iPhone. Those strict limits enable the iPhone's security, ease of use for both the developers and users, and tasteful curation of the vast chaos of internet content. Apple may have a monopoly on the iOS app's distribution market, but they argue that's not a valid sub-market when the App Store is what makes iOS iOS. That's it. Epic says Apple's restricting user choice. Apple says those users have already made the choice to buy an iPhone. You want to sideload, get an Android. Don't buy a blender and complain that it sucks a grilling steak. We got a visual for that? Oh, gross. Now, back to the story. After Epic dropped their declaration of war, there were multiple skirmishes. Epic tried to mobilize its large, mostly young player base against Apple with a very tasteful hashtag free Fortnite tournament. Apple tried to ban Epic's developer accounts, which would have screwed over any game using Unreal Engine. <laughs> okay, buddy was big mad. And other big tech companies were subpoenaed for documents, leading to a delightful exchange where Apple asked Valve for price and sales data for over 30,000 Steam games and in-game items including every price change since 2015. And Valve was like, LOL, we don't have that. You think we're keeping track? Our CEO went full Lebowski and moved to Middle Earth. This isn't JP Morgan, sir, this is a Wendy's. Many gamers cheered from the metaphorical bleachers as one of the pioneers of the PC gaming industry took on the Californian tech cult. <laughs> you. Those who weren't still pissed about Epic Games snagging exclusive games away from Steam, anyways. But even if you think an Epic win against Apple would be good for the mobile industry, it's important to note here that Epic's trap wasn't just over the top. As a legal strategy, it was also a questionable move at best. 
Here's what business attorney and my favorite YouTuber while I was researching this story, Richard Hogue, had to say. That Epic had an expert that effectively said Apple was okay before 2010. And even though they didn't change their rules at all, didn't change what we're talking about here, it became illegal based on their operating system market share. And that's a tough case to bring. See, Apple hadn't significantly changed anything about how the App Store works. Epic seemingly just decided at some arbitrary point that the rules they had agreed to follow when they signed the iOS developer agreement were bad now. In fact, they were illegal. So it's fine to break them and withhold that 30% of Fortnite revenue. However, as Epic was about to find out, the law doesn't really care whether you think it should be illegal to imprison animals in a pet store. You can't break in and let them loose in a shopping mall. We talked about this, Sarah. But they're so cute. <sighs> Who are these people? Where, where do we find these people? Questionable legal strategy or no, on May 3rd, 2021, the trial of Epic Games versus Apple finally commenced, presided over by Judge Yvonne Gonzalez Rogers, who had also adjudicated a couple previous cases against Apple. But I doubt she was prepared for the hundreds of Fortnite players who spammed the trial's call-in line, leading to the first 20 minutes of the trial being dominated by gems like this. Oh, yo, we want mobile back, bro. Can y'all bring back mobile? It's a judge. I don't care if Apple's chain you under the belt. I don't care who wins. Just bring mobile back. Oh, yeah. Subscribe to my YouTube, Justin XL. Justin, I subscribe to you. Bring back mobile. my favorite. going down because mobile's gone. I need y'all to bring it back. Yeah, if Apple wins, I'm going to blow my brain down. Tell the big Giovanni Gonzalez to bring back mobile. Hey, I'm gonna play Travis Scott. Chill. No. <laughs> oh, those rascals. The call-in incident was an omen. This wasn't going to be some dry corporate litigation. This was the free Fortnite lawsuit. Addie Robertson, who somehow had the mental fortitude to live tweet almost the entire three-week trial, described it thusly. It was complicated. So you'd have one day where people are talking about the subtleties of whether the iPhone is like electricity. Um, and then another day where Tim Sweeney just goes off about like the metaverse and his ambitions for Fortnite. We had one morning that was just a very long tutorial for how to use Fortnite from Apple, weirdly enough. Especially in the early trial, it was just a really weird free for all where they would just go after completely random directions. Like the point where like Epic was worried that Apple was saying that one of its characters was naked if it was a banana that wasn't wearing a suit and that they were trying to make clear in court that the character is not actually graphically naked. The trial also served as a sort of gossip column for the tech industry, thanks to loads of confidential documents shown as evidence, revealing that Sony wanted money to enable crossplay and Microsoft got PC streaming app Shadow suspended from the App Store. Oh honey tea was spilled. But of course, there were some developments that were a bit more on topic and usually made Apple look worse than Epic. For example, Epic thinks Apple can afford to lower the 30% cut, which makes sense given that the iOS App Store made an estimated $50 billion in 2019 and 64 billion in 2020. But the reason those are estimates is because Apple lumps its App Store revenue in with its services revenue. An Apple executive 
Phil Schiller refused to get more specific, telling the court that neither he nor anyone at Apple knows whether the App Store is actually profitable, although they don't deny that it likely is. <laughs> okay, Phil. Schiller's testimony seemed even more suspect given internal emails from 2011 where he predicted App Store competition would eventually make Apple lower the default 30% cut, and even suggested they lower it to 20% if they can maintain $1 billion in yearly revenue. Well, I mean, you made it, guys! <laughs> but Epic faced scrutiny too. Like, why didn't they target the makers of gaming consoles, which are also closed ecosystems that take a 30% cut of all transactions, and they don't even allow sideloading like Android? Epic says, well, consoles often don't actually turn a profit, so that 30% is all they get. And they're gaming-specific devices, while phones are pretty general purpose. What they didn't say is probably closer to the truth that getting Fortnite banned from consoles would massively hurt Epic's bottom line, and they have better relationships with those companies anyways. Suing your friends usually makes things pretty awkward. <laughs> Just ask Andrew Garfield from The Social Network. I was your only friend. Get one friend. Did you see that movie? He was great in Spider-Man. One of my favorite parts of the trial was Am I a meme yet? Craig Federighi's testimony. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Epic pointed out that Apple has no problem allowing sideloading on macOS, and in response, Craig threw macOS under the bus, saying there's a level of malware on the Mac that we don't find acceptable. If you use the same system on iOS, it would get run over, even worse than macOS. You see, according to Federighi, the Mac is like a car, capable of being safely navigated through the apocalyptic wasteland of malware on the internet by capable drivers who know the risks. While the iPhone and iPad are devices, children, heck, even infants can operate. Like, yes, this is good because it's a phone for infants. So capable adults should just accept that their $1,000 phone is basically a Fisher-Price toy. Which is a, an argument I feel like it just doesn't make outside this. It is more than willing to talk up the iPhone as being a full-featured work device. And it's like kind of weird to hear it make the argument that the iPhone really should only be used by people who do not want to think about what they're doing with their computing devices. Stories like this coming out of the trial made Apple look bad in the public eye. But looking bad isn't illegal. Unless you show up to my cocktail party in Crocs and a turtleneck, I will press charges. When Judge Rogers finally handed down her verdict on September 10th, 2021, the ruling was described as either a crushing defeat or a resounding victory for either side, depending on which article you read. See, Apple won on all counts, meaning Epic would have to pay millions of dollars for breaching the App Store rules. But Rogers found Apple in violation of California's unfair competition law for its anti-steering rules and ordered Apple to allow developers to put buttons, external links, or other calls to action directing users to payment methods other than Apple's in-app purchasing. Wow, you did it, Tim Sweeney. Nice one. Mr. Sweeney, you're not happy about this. Uh, the iPhone isn't a PC. It's still an iPhone. As expected, both Epic and Apple appealed the ruling since a GigaChad corporation doesn't just lay down and accept a split decision because they're not a beta. Okay. Epic did pay Apple what they owed, but Apple requested a stay on the buttons order, which was eventually granted one day before they would have been forced to make changes to the App Store. Meaning, as of this moment, this trial has directly changed basically nothing.
Fortnite is still banned from the App Store, and both parties are now waiting for the next hearing. Although Fortnite is sort of back on iOS right now, in the form of a closed beta for the touch controls version available on the GeForce Now web app. It has got to be a frustrating situation for Epic, but as many legal experts have pointed out, it's not a surprising outcome. Because Epic isn't defending itself from a bear attack, it went up to the bear, asleep in its cave, and jabbed it in the eye. So Epic comes in with a little bit of that baggage where they say, we had to breach this contract in order to bring this case. And the judge tells them three separate times, no, we've got tons of law that says you don't have to breach this contract to claim that the contract's illegal. You can still operate under the contract and have this case. And so when you complain about all these Fortnite players that don't get to play it on iOS, and I tell you, you don't have to breach this contract, you can go back to normal. And also, if you're really worried about Apple stealing your money, we can put that money in escrow and nobody gets that money until the court case is settled. What do you think, Epic? And Epic says, no! Okay. To contrast, my boy Hoag brought up Microsoft and NVIDIA, who had their game streaming apps for iOS rejected on pretty nebulous grounds. Apparently, it's fine for Netflix to stream a library of movies and shows, but if you're streaming games, each one must be individually listed as App Store titles. Unless you're streaming those same games from your own local Xbox console or PC, that's, that's way different and totally fine. Hey, have you considered an Apple Arcade subscription instead? See, that wrongful rejection case would be a solid one to bring to court. But why go through the trouble when you've got an Epic Games in the mix? What we've seen instead is that Microsoft is riding piggyback on Epic and saying, well, if Epic wins, that's fine with us because we're putting Game Pass on everything. And if they don't win, we've got our Xbox. And so Microsoft is playing a very strategic game with what they're doing with respect to Epic and playing it either way. But I think they would have been a stronger plaintiff if they wanted to be. It seems that rather than getting their own hands dirty, bigger companies like Microsoft and Nvidia are perfectly happy to let firebrand Tim Sweeney try to take the world's most profitable company down a peg. Which makes Apple's accusations that Microsoft is the real brains of Epic's operation sound slightly less paranoid. But why is Mr. Sweeney such a perfect character to use for this cage match? The answer isn't his advanced moveset. It's his interesting backstory. As early as 2017, Tim Sweeney was using his company to criticize the 30% cut taken not just by Apple and Google's mobile stores, but by other software platforms like Steam, a critique that was shared by most game developers. And it wasn't all talk either. The Epic Games Store was launched in 2018 with only a fraction of Steam's functionality, but with a default 12% revenue cut in an obvious attempt to disrupt Valve's dominant position in the PC gaming industry, angering many gamers who actually like having most of their games all in one place, thank you very much, but also exerting pressure on Valve, who lowered their cut of Steam revenue for games already making a lot of money. And we've already said Epic's double lawsuit attack was a weird move, but it wasn't actually its first attempt to disrupt mobile gaming. It initially tried to do the same thing that basically every major game publisher has done on Windows, release their own game launcher as a direct download outside the official app store. Should be no problem as long as Android is the open source, tinkle-friendly OS it claims to be, right? <laughs> yeah, no! According to Epic's legal filings, citing Google's internal documents, Google was so focused on preventing Epic from launching Fortnite outside the Play Store that it formed a Fortnite task force that met daily. Epic says Google pressured OnePlus, LG, and Samsung to back out of deals to pre-install the Epic Games app on their phones, and Google also publicized a security flaw found in the Fortnite launcher app, even though Epic was already rolling out a fix. 
Google even considered buying out the smaller company. Epic had had enough. In April 2020, just a few months before the V-buckening, they finally gave in and released Fortnite on the Play Store. I mean, at this point, faced with one mobile app store that made it impossible to compete, and another that made it practically impossible, you'd think old Tim would give up. Huh. Yeah, right. Tim would make the iPhone into a PC even if it meant embarking on one of the most dangerous missions ever attempted by man. In July 2020, a document is presented to the Epic Games Board of Directors. It describes Project Liberty, a multi-stage plan to end the anti-competitive 30% tax on the iOS App Store and Google Play Store by embarking on an aggressive and sustained legal and media campaign until platform fees are lowered, apps are allowed to use their own payment platform, or third-party app stores are allowed on mobile. Epic acknowledges they might lose revenue and access to their customers if Fortnite is banned from the app stores, and that Apple and Google's retaliatory PR campaigns could turn players against Epic. But those are all risks Epic was willing to take, because the time is now. But why is the time now? The thing that mostly I keep coming back to is that whatever Epic's motives, there are a bunch of other companies, other activists and regulators that all have really similar complaints against Apple. Even if you think that Epic is acting completely cynically, it's a case that has relevance to so many parties outside Epic that it's worth paying attention to. See, the point in time that Epic made their move wasn't arbitrary at all. 2020 had seen a rising wave of antitrust investigations into Google, Apple, and Facebook, and Project Liberty makes it sound like Epic wanted to get ahead of the bandwagon and have a hand in shaping the narrative rather than being at the mercy of some eventual government regulation. The other thing driving Epic to make their move was the hot buzzword of 2021, the metaverse. What is it? Even the people writing an unhealthy amount of articles about it don't know. But Tim Sweeney does. It's the future of Fortnite and a way for Epic to make back some of the shiploads of cash they invested in their game store. Oh, look, I mean, they, they want money. Like, obviously, they're a company. They want money. Like, I don't know. I think maybe the most sort of revealing moment is that they were talking about how they want to build Fortnite into a metaverse. And eventually, that means they want that metaverse to involve a whole economy that's, like, creator-based, that's people paying each other. And if you think that Epic wants to create the social space that comes after the web or the internet, having to give Apple a cut of that is really not good for them. If you're nerdy enough to be watching this far into the video, you probably know that the term metaverse refers to a persistent virtual universe with interconnected 3D spaces serving as an analog to the real world. But for everyone else, the metaverse is the internet, just deeper. In the future, you'll still interact with the internet through web browsers, apps, and games, but you'll also do it through VR and AR metaverse platforms made by Facebook, I am not calling them meta, or Apple, or if they get what they want, Epic Games. One could argue the closest thing to a metaverse we have now is the absolute phenomenon Roblox, which is made up entirely of a marketplace of user-generated experiences 
that they suddenly stopped calling games during Apple and Epic's trial. Because under the App Store rules, games like Fortnite can't host a creator marketplace, leading to a very interesting and very subjective debate over what a game even is in the year of our Lord 2021. Under the current App Store paradigm, 30% of every transaction made by iOS users in Epic's Fortnite metaverse would go to Apple, and that Epic Games cannot abide. Seeing just how much money is on the line for Epic here makes it easier to understand why they would go to such extreme lengths in a fight against much more powerful opponents. But that once again leads us to the question, is Epic just in this for the money? Do you wait to do what you claim to think is the right thing until it's most advantageous to you? I think they are marketing their product and their services. They're marketing their personalities and their CEO. And they're also marketing to legislatures to say, hey, look at how this is going. Apple might win on the law as it stands now. It's time to change that law. That might be their end game because you only need to win in a smattering of jurisdictions to make it very difficult for Apple or Google to operate a unified platform without taking into account these various jurisdictions. Like I said in my deep dive on Star Citizen, save that one for later if you haven't seen it, <laughs> no one can truly know anyone else's real motivations. Epic may just be trying to grab all the legendary loot on the map, but the fact remains that they didn't manufacture all that negative sentiment towards Apple and Google's mobile payment duopoly, both from the public and other companies that have been burned by Apple's policies. Email services ProtonMail and Basecamp have criticized Apple's tendency to say they want everyone to play by the same rules, but then make special deals with big companies and block app updates from smaller developers who are using the same non-Apple billing tactics as Netflix. A little company called Floatplane comes to mind. You've got companies like Tile and developers like Costa Ilifteriu who created innovative products that were made obsolete when Apple released their own version. This happens so often there's a word for it, Sherlocking. And then you got big boys like Spotify who filed an antitrust complaint with the EU called Apple's payment restrictions anti-competitive abuse and made a whole website dedicated to charting Apple's inability to play fair. Microsoft is also clearly in Epic's camp, copying their 12% cut in the Microsoft Store and suggesting that governments investigate Apple and Google for antitrust, which is especially rich when you remember that Microsoft narrowly avoided being broken up after it was found guilty of using monopoly power to suppress competition with Internet Explorer in 2001. They must have a short memory because a little while ago they were trying to force Windows users to use Edge once again. See, there's no good guys here. But with so many rooting against Apple, the end game Richard was talking about may be on the horizon. Because even before this case's verdict was handed down, Apple made a number of incremental changes to its App Store. It reduced its App Store cut to 15% for developers making less than $1 million a year, which affects less than 5% of Apple's App Store revenue, but like, fine. A settlement from a different lawsuit led to Apple allowing developers to email their users about alternative payment options. South Korea passed a law forcing tech platforms to allow third-party payment options in their app stores. And Apple allowed reader apps like Netflix and Spotify to link directly from their app to their website to pay for a subscription. Something that they just kind of hinted at before, like, you can't pay here. Well, where should I pay? I'm sure you could figure it out. 
Google has made similar changes before their trial has even begun. They've got their own small business program. They dropped Google Play service fees to 15% for all subscriptions and even lower for developers who optimize their apps for multiple device form factors so that, according to Google, 99% of developers qualify for a service fee of 15% or less. Google also complied with South Korea's third-party payments law before Apple did, although they still take a cut albeit smaller, of Google Play transactions handled by a third party, which is also how Apple is expected to handle it. Yeah. Apple's still taking 27% of third party payments in the Netherlands. And meanwhile, the slow turning wheels of government action on antitrust are spinning a bit faster now, with challenges to Nvidia's acquisition of ARM, which actually may have already been canceled by the time this video comes out. There's also challenges to Facebook slash Meta's acquisition of Oculus and collusion with Google on digital ads popping up alongside proposed bills that would limit the ways big tech can give their own services preferential treatment. So whether or not Epic ends up directly benefiting from this lawsuit, the winds are changing and it is still very much the beginning of this fight. Will it end with iOS and Android becoming more like Mac OS and Windows, but squished into a tinier device? I don't know. There's still the Epic versus Google trial, which honestly Epic probably has a better shot in since Android is at least supposed to be an open platform. So cheer up, Tim. You might just destroy the abstract concept of an iPhone yet. Keep calm and tinkle on. But you should tinker with your grooming routine using our sponsor, Manscaped. That's right, we got another sponsor for a tech longer. I don't know how. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the perfect companion for keeping your goods looking trim, neat, and clean. The new wireless charging system removes the need to bring cables with you and is compatible with most Qi charging pads. It features ceramic blades with skin-safe tech, which reduces nicks and cuts, and it's cordless waterproof and gets 90 minutes of use on a full charge. Get 20% off plus free international shipping using promo code TECH at the link below. Wow, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, was this one longer? I don't know, I think it might turn out to be longer than the first one. I can't believe they let me make another one. Uh, subscribe to TechLinked. If you want more stuff like this, subscribe to They're Just Movies. It's a movie podcast. I could say short circuit, but I won't.